0: Witchy Witchy and Weird Podcast Hi everyone, we're back for another episode of Witchy and Weird Podcast And I did this at the end of the episode last time So I'm going to switch it up Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to our first and only patron right now Emma, you're um, my ride or die at this point (laughs) And I'm really grateful for you And we're going to be releasing um, patron-exclusive content this coming up week, so keep an eye out for that on our social media. Um, And anyway, so let's get into the episode. So today, I wanted to talk about, like, um, spiritual relationships. I know in the past few episodes, I've talked a lot about, like, my personal, like, romantic relationship with my boyfriend as examples for things. So I kind of wanted to like put my relationship on blast and like be here to kind of talk about what our relationship looks like, what it looks like being in a relationship with a spiritual person or a witchy person, navigating like a spiritual awakening while you're in a relationship Um, and kind of like maybe, I don't know, I want it to be like, kind of opening your eyes to what it could look like what it should look like what it should feel like for you and like what is possible because I feel like a lot of people they're interested in learning about my relationship or they've never like successfully navigated a spiritual relationship with like a partner that actually supports their interests and I think that that's something that's really important that you know sometimes if we don't have the Example that it exists then it's hard for us to imagine or or see that it can be real um so we're just gonna get super real and with that being said, I do have a special 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 guest I have Frankie here my lava so you can say hi Frankie now
1: <laughs> hi there
0: hopefully you can hear him I don't know if he's like too far away
1: we're the same amount same distance from the microphone
0: okay but you're talking so quietly um. Okay, so Frankie has graciously um, agreed upon threat of death that (laughs) to be here, I'm just kidding. He is a little shy, but I think that it's important if I'm going to be talking about my relationship to include the other part of the relationship. Like, I think it would be kind of one-sided to just be here and to say how I feel and not to hear, like, his side of it and his feedback, because I think they're both going to be really um, informative. Okay. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about was maybe if, uh, I mean, we'll see what Frankie has to say on this, but like, I started going through my spiritual awakening, like in our relationship. And I really feel like Frankie was a big catalyst for that for me. Um, I guess like, uh, if you've already listened to the, um, soulmates episode where I kind of break down, like, a soulmate is really just someone who is going to be there and support you and like reflect, um, opportunities for growth for you. And I think that's what Frankie really did for me. And on top of that, he's a reflector in human design. So like in his nature, he's going to be reflecting back things to me. So I feel like a big part of the beginning of my spiritual awakening was actually kind of like the worst point in our relationship together And he kind of pointed out like that I was being a shitty partner and that kind of like, I feel like it, it like snapped me out of my like trauma. Like I was very much so in my trauma and exhibiting like toxic behavior because I wasn't addressing like my feelings and my trauma. And I was just like projecting that onto him and he was very gracious to like not just be like okay bye Felicia um and he kind of like pointed that out to me and I know that it took like a while before he felt like okay I need to say something but I think after that then that kind of triggered for me like whoa I need to think about like how I'm acting what I'm doing like why am I acting like this and I started to just like question myself and my behavior more because I was like okay I don't want to perpetuate this like I was basically perpetuating the same behaviors that my mom did to me because that's what I was programmed to do. And I was doing it to somebody who was like, you know, someone that I cared very much about and I loved. And it was like, yo, this isn't cool. Like you're hurting my feelings. You're hurting me and our relationship. So I don't know if like, how, if is, is that like accurate? Did you feel, I want to know like your side of it if you want to share.
1: Well, yeah, that's on your, that's on your end. Yeah. So on my end up into that point of our relationship, i was very much so and it comes natural to me but i was very much so in service to amanda so whatever i did i kept amanda in mind i you know i would think like oh i i should do this but you know i haven't i haven't seen i haven't seen them all week so instead of doing something for myself i'm gonna do something for amanda and i drive out to you see you every weekend and really again i understood I understand your background, where you're coming from, mm-hmm. why you're feeling the way you were. And it just came to the point where like me pretty much being in service to you for the majority of our relationship up until that point, I found myself worn out. And uh, that's when, mm-hmm. that's when things got pretty dark in our relationship. I was like, you said the worst, probably the worst part, because it came to a point where like, I couldn't keep it up anymore. I was exhausted. I was beginning to speak my mind and and speak to what I needed in the relationship. And of course, uh at that time Amanda, I would say you you, you began to listen to it, but I would say it's relatively for the first time because it was mm-hmm. it was really a really a moment of uh vulnerability for me, a vulnerability for me that I kind of built up in that in our relationship because I never really had a chance to say my piece or it was really whenever I spoke up, I got bulldozed again. It was actually really, really a really terrible thing. Mm-hmm. But when we kind of hit to this point in our relationship, I would say it's pretty much rock bottom mm-hmm. because, like I said, it got very dark. Um, not gonna go into too much detail, but essentially, we all but separated, we went on a break, and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, we kind of did our own thing for a while, we weren't talking to each other as much, and then events transpired and that's that was essentially kind of but kicked off your awakening.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like there was other stuff like obviously I still had to deal with all my trauma that I was avoiding. Um and that definitely like I feel like it the for me my spiritual awakening was like a slow burn process which for some people it's I find it's either slow burn or it's instant. And so that was definitely like the spark of it and starting to like kind of do that meme with the lady looking at all like the math equations in the air like I was starting to piece together like when I grew up and my trauma that was affecting me and how I was perpetuating these programs and that I said I never wanted to do that to other people and then I realized like I was doing that to people no and then I realized like I thought in my head one thing and then when Frankie was kind of like speaking his piece Um, And his truth that it was like reiterating that that's not what was actually happening. Like I was kind of like in my head thinking like, no, this is fine. This is normal. I'm not doing that. I would never do that. I never want to do that to people, but it was just like operating out of my trauma and my programming that I had learned that was, I was treating him exactly how my mother treated me. And he was like, that's not cool. Like that really hurt my feelings. This is how I felt. This is what actually happened for me. And I think having like him gain the courage to like stand up and say something because like he said like that wasn't really his norm as a person up until that point like he very much so like like he was saying like he was doing a lot of things like thinking about me and not thinking about him right like and so you want to say something yeah
1: so i I guess with that said it's like yeah like as a normal person i'll speak up when i need to speak up but in the relationship it was really much so all essentially all about you and then like it like you said like it was treated you were treating me like your mom treated you yeah and essentially it got so bad where it's like up oh, again being in service to you this whole time ground me down to the point where essentially we broke up yeah we broke up and like I, there was a good chance it's like I don't even know if I was gonna talk to you after this after, after that that period because mm-hmm. it's like I could walk away from it right now because this is like I don't even know where it's gonna go from here
0: yeah yeah and I think that that's like definitely what a lot of people go through it's like I think from Frankie's perspective, it's important to see, like, what are those red flags that your partner is exhibiting and, like, standing up for yourself and saying, like, this is not something I'm willing to deal with anymore. This is my boundary. And we talk a lot about, like, boundaries and things on this podcast because they're, like, really important for, like, maintaining our peace and our, you know, any, any like, peace of mind or energy, etc., Um, And I think that that was like a huge step for Frankie on his growth was to say like, this is, I'm speaking up finally in a relationship and I'm saying like, this is not what I want to deal with anymore. And he set that boundary. And I think by him like pushing back and showing like, instead of letting me step on all over him, like I had done previously, like that definitely snapped me out of it. And that was a growth point for him. And that kind of like showed me like, okay, this person I really love and respect and all these things even though I was treating him not like that um, was saying something to me I need to listen you know like that's kind of what it felt like before I wasn't listening when he would speak up or like kind of like hint at it and I think the way that he spoke up that time I was like whoa okay like this is really serious for me Um, and so yeah we we took our space and I think that it's important to note like your boundary right like like he was saying, like he wasn't sure if we were going to get back together. And that's something to, to ask yourself in those moments, like, is this something that I want to keep doing? Is this a boundary that I want to keep opening up or crossing or whatever, right? Like, for a lot of us in our relationships, this can, you know, bleed into our familial relationships too. Like, with my mom, I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast that like, I kept going, setting the boundary, then going back on it because I felt bad, but then getting hurt and triggered again because she wasn't willing to, like, work with me at all, right? It's basically, like, that's the risk that Frankie was taking. Like, it could have been like that, where it's like, I, he says something, I'm like, okay, okay, I'll change, and then nothing happens, and he's still in the same pattern. But it's like, you, you have the option to say, like, this was my boundary, and if you're willing to work with it. You know, then we can move forward or I'm just done like this is too much. So I think that it's important to ask yourself and give yourself that permission to choose when that stuff does come up for you, because you don't want to like then you're perpetuating the cycle. Right. Like so the cycle that Frankie was perpetuating was like not speaking up for himself and putting others before him to the point where it like hurt him. And that's something that he chose like he didn't want to keep doing. And for me, it was like I was not dealing with my problems, I was in denial. I was pushing them away until they, you know, bubbled up and I just basically projected them onto him. And so that was the cycle that I needed to heal from was like dealing with my problems, communicating, like facing them head on and and not like pushing them off onto somebody else to like bear the burden. Um so do you have anything else to add on that before we move on?
1: No, boundaries are important because there are plenty of times as we we're approaching rock bottom where it's like there are times where I thought, really, like, if this were any if this were anyone else but me, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come off as egotistical here, but there's they would have.
0: Sorry, my dad is calling. <laughs> they would have
1: walked away, num at numerous points. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. They would have walked
1: away at numerous points. Like this would have been said and done with already. And I think what kind of made made. Kind of was like the first indicator that change was going to happen or going to uh, was a possibility was when um, there was a moment where, uh, again, I won't get into too much detail, but something transpired with Amanda and I and outcome all these emotions, but from them. And it was something that I wasn't so I didn't see too much of before in our relationship. And I was in shock to the point where it's like my normal instinct of being coddling and being there and being comforting. I just couldn't do it because I just was so, again, I was just so uh, perplexed by it almost or like, again, almost stunned by it. But that was kind of like one of like the first, uh, I don't know what do you call it? like warning shots or first indicators that change was going to occur. Because yeah. for, for at that moment, I knew as much as I know them. I knew that that took a lot to express. Yeah. And to let it come to the surface.
0: Yeah. And and that for context, I want to say, like, we were dating for, like, three or four years, right? How long was that?
1: We were dating, like, we were approaching year six.
0: Year six. Okay. Yeah. And in October of this year, it'll be year eight. Yeah. So it's like the beginning of the re- relationship wasn't like this. And then it just kind of like spiraled for a while. I don't know when it's when when you felt like it started spiraling. But just for context for people that it's not like we were dating for two months. And then this thing happened, you know, like sometimes the, the red flags can come up really quickly and you're like, nope, I'm not invested enough in this person. But it's like we were already together for such a long time that uh, something that you bring up that like if you feel... Um, open to talking about that I find very interesting is like you You always say like you knew like you had this intuitive insight like of who I was and who I could be and not in like the weird like red flag type of way of like oh I, I'm gonna fix this person and they, they can be somebody that they're not right now but like you the way you describe it it sounds like you saw like the real me on the inside and you were like this this is something that I'm I'm I know like is is worth like keeping pushing on
1: yeah and again i'm not gonna lie like it did get to a point where it's like i didn't know if i could continue because i wouldn't say our relationship just spiraled from when we from when it started it just started to kind of uh i wouldn't say come to an come to a head but come to like a uh, almost like kind of like a grinding stop was when i couldn't keep up what i was doing
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: it's just i was just that exhausted and burnt out from it it's like i stopped doing what i was doing and i think you picked up on it and then mm-hmm. that's what started making you upset because I wasn't doing what I was doing anymore.
0: Yeah, I was used to treating you a certain way and receiving a certain response for all those years. And then you were like, I can't keep doing this anymore. And then like it was sort of like energy vampire type of thing where it's like, Oh, you're not giving me this response that I like am used to, like all like programmed or like conditioned, and what's going on? Like, why is there this sudden change? So yeah, I definitely feel like it, it was a lot of growth that needed to happen on both of our parts. And I will say like, probably a lot of people will be like, why the fuck are you still here? <laughs> like, why did you stick it through? And, and that's why I think it's very interesting. And I wanted to talk about it and be transparent about it because everybody has their own like decisions and their own path and and like trusting in that is totally up to them. Um, and so I kind of want to go into like what happened like after the spiritual awakening and like. I really feel like this is kind of like the meat of the, the the thing that I wanted to share is like how we move forward from this. Like how now do we have like a healthier relationship and we're in this like really beautiful new space. Like we're looking to move in together and all this stuff. So I think like from going through my spiritual awakening I definitely realized, like, I need to work on me, right? Like, I can't just keep, like, putting my trauma on other people. Um, and so I started doing, like, shadow work. I started listening to spiritual podcasts. I did, like, a retreat. I, um, you know, I had done some therapy in college um, when we met in college. Um, and and that helped some, but it was mostly focused on, like, my relationship with my dad. And so a lot of the stuff that I told you guys, like, it was exhibiting the programming and trauma that my mom had uh, instilled into me. So I still needed to work very much so on that. So I started to just, like, focus on that and really, like, do the hard and scary thing of looking at it because I was brought up with, like, don't deal with your emotions. Just hide them. Forget them. You know, they'll they're not valid, they don't need to be looked at. So it was definitely like doing that very scary thing for me of looking at them and dealing with them and sorting through them. And it did get pretty, like, it it got pretty overwhelming for me. And I just kept pushing through. and, And since this was going through my spiritual awakening, at the same time, I started, like, realizing, like, I went on a retreat, and I realized, like, I can be a psychic medium, I can, I can do all these other things. So it was very much so like, at the same time, as I was, learning how to navigate my emotions and my trauma and, and and, like integrate them. I was learning like this spiritual world is real, that I've always thought it was real. Um, And I'm like kind of validating my existence in terms of like, I can be a psychic. I started working more with crystals and like seeing angel numbers and all the things that you do in a spiritual awakening. But I feel like the main part is like, because I started, doing the work like I started looking at myself in that way and saying like how can I not hurt how can I better myself so I'm not hurting the ones that I love and perpetuating these cycles um so I think that for a long time it was really like me doing a lot of the work to be a better partner I was like the thing that we talked about in the soulmates episode like I was like how can I be a better partner? Like I'm fucking up. I'm hurting somebody I care deeply about. How can I be a better partner? How can I change this? And so, um, I definitely feel like it was, it was kind of like, um, what do they call that? Like the trial period when you get hired, it's like 90 days. And then they decide if they actually fully want to hire you. I feel like it was like that in our relationship for a while. Like I was like, okay, I'm committing to this. I don't want to lose Frankie. I want to like, really try and put in the effort and and so I started to communicate try and communicate that more and create like a space a safe space for us to have open dialogue because that was part of the problem was like Frankie didn't feel safe to speak his truth in the relationship and then we definitely focused on um I just forgot what I was gonna say it was communicating um, but, oh, I, I definitely focused on like listening to him. Right. Because that was a big thing that I neglected was like listening when he did speak up. And so I definitely tried to incorporate all the things that he had said to me and was willing to say to me and open up to me about so that it's like, OK, this bothered you, this that I did bothered you, this that I did hurt you, whatever. How can I not do that again? And not just terms of like, oh, I didn't shut the door you know, oh, I don't do that again, but, like, really, like, deep things, like, I disregarded your feelings before. How can I not disregard your feelings before? Like, what do I need to heal for me that's causing me to to get so triggered that I disregard your feelings? It's, like, it became kind of, like, looking at all my behaviors and trying to understand where they stemmed from. Not into, and, and I will say, It was pretty tough. Like, it was really tough to swallow that pill of, like, I fucked up. Like, that is a hard pill to swallow for anybody. I feel like a lot of people will deny that they've ever done anything wrong because it's so hard to admit, like, I did something wrong. And especially if you love the person, like, I hurt somebody I love, which is, like, we never want to do that, right? So I definitely felt, like, really shitty about myself for a while. But I think that it was more so about, like, okay, how can I get to the root of these behaviors and fully understand why I'm just, my trauma is taking over and all these things are taking over and I'm just acting in this like very toxic way. Um, is that kind of like how it was for you?
1: Sort of. Cause the, before that 90 day trial or probation period, I think that's an accurate way of of describing it. Um, I was pretty much again on the precipice. I was kind of starting to shift into like, well, this is I'm done. Like, Our relationships over you know i started like to shift so i so that's in the rearview mirror but as we continue to start to start to talk it out a little bit more um i went back to therapy i well i got a a new therapist because the one i had before was just just a recap of my week every single session but i went back to therapy and they helped me uh work on the stuff that was i guess kind of with me it's like you know i had uh i I mean, I'm, I'm still with it's still with me, but I had uh, at the time my depression was t- terrible, like severely uh, was extremely severe, and uh, my anxiety. Uh, this th- in therapy, I realized that I have high anxiety, and they were also trying to help me understand uh, since I'm so much in service to other people, I and put other people before me. They helped me try to just dis- like uh, discern what's someone else's thoughts. And what's my thought or what's coming Mm -hmm. from me and what's, what's, what's the outside influence. And that, I mean, to this day, it's still, still a struggle, but that was something definitely that needed to be worked on because of course in a relationship leading up to that point, it was all like, I would say maybe 85% of it was like Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. Mm -hmm. And then like the small percentage was just me. But again, it was like that voice all the way in the back. And even when we're going through our, our, our tough period, where essentially we were just, not together I had the I had the people that I confided in, and they were telling me what to do or what what they think I should do or suggestions or anything like that that were also influencing me, so that was definitely a difficult thing because everything was again like like Amanda said earlier, it's like why are you guys still you know like why why do you guys come back or come back together or anything um that was definitely something that was difficult as well, but again, it turned into a practice so Essentially in a nutshell, I went to therapy and uh, I kept that up for a while, but then I started switching to uh, taking some more me time, setting up, uh, setting up boundaries, uh, really trying to get back in tune of what it is or what it's like to be me again, because that's been since muddied and really just coming down to like reading, meditation. I guess meditation is a big thing to say. There's a big thing to mention. Um, yeah I did
0: journaling. I did
1: journaling, yeah, did a lot of journaling, and then even just like reflecting on everything that's transpired in this whole i guess situation um just because it's there's a lot of like hurtful things that went back and forth from both of us, mm-hmm. and uh, I really reflected on my actions that like i again, some of them, like Amanda said, is a hard pill to swallow, mm-hmm. but again, like thanks to therapy and everything, they helped me chop up that pill, yeah and take it in portions just because there is there's plenty of times where. I thought my my core values of who I think I am were compromised because mm-hmm. I felt like I went back on some of them, and really that was like a major hit to me because especially it doesn't help when I'm trying to reacquaint myself with myself only for for me to think that i've who I thought I was was compromised, but mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that that's a really good point that you bring up that I want to like highlight is like. When you are in a relationship with someone who's spiritual and maybe someone who wouldn't consider themselves spiritual or isn't into the same things as you, that how we both went about our healing was completely different, but we both made sure to support each other in our healing in a way that felt like safe for each of us and felt like um like res like it resonated for each of us. like Frankie was saying like, he was really into therapy. He got a lot out of therapy. He wanted to continue that. He started, like, finding more spiritual things, like meditation and journaling, like, and and that really, like, felt like, okay, this is where I'm finding, like, the most value. And for me, it was, like, excuse me, it was, like, spiritual podcasts, like, finding other people that I can learn from, like, working with my spirit guides and and I did journaling and shadow work sessions. Like I did EFT, which is uh, a form of healing. I, I did many different other things than what he did. Um, and I think that it was nice because we were both able to like support each other. Once we were in this kind of like healing phase of our relationship where we both um, kind of were like, we know the mistakes that we made. We We've accepted them. And now we're trying to heal where that's our goal, right? Like how can we mend um, or create a new structure in our relationship that feels stable again? So I think that's something that's really important is like whenever you do have a, a partner acknowledging that they might not do things the same way as you. And I think that that's a huge theme that comes up in like spiritual relationships. Like I see it all the time on TikTok. Oh, they're not into crystals. They don't believe in this. They don't believe in that. They don't support me and my endeavors and in my like witchpreneur business that I want to have. Like that's like a huge, very important thing that like we move past all the red flags and then we really made it a point. Like we really, really focus and chose like to focus on it and to say like, I'm going to support you in what like feels best to you and I'm not going to judge you and tell you, Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like this way, like definitely I, I kept trying to like communicate with Frankie, like I'm doing this healing. Are you interested in this? And I would definitely want him to like do certain things with me or get more on board. Um, I think that's sort of how you started getting into like more meditation stuff too. Cause I kept like talking about me doing meditation and I think your, your therapist talked about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's, it was kind of one of those things like I was getting hit by both sides. And of course, I was already interested in it, but I didn't know how I can do it because my mind is like reading different, like seven different books at the same time. But it, uh, yeah, it was, I just found my way like, again, through guided meditation. And that's really what was it for me.
0: Yeah, so I think it's, it was nice that we like, we were able to explore separately on our own and come together and share and be like, Oh, are you interested in this? Do you want to do this thing with me? Do you want to try this thing? I learned this and it really helped me. So I think that creating that, like where it's okay to not do the same exact thing, but also to like support each other. Oh, that's really cool. Like I would check in what would you cover in therapy? You know, like, I, if he wanted to share it with me, obviously, and sharing what, what things I learned and what things I did in my shadow work and stuff. So that was definitely like a huge piece of like how our relationship works now is like we allow each other to do what we want to do and what like brings us the most joy. And we don't like push each other to be or do certain things that we don't want to do. And so with the being open to allowing each other to explore and to come together. I definitely feel like communication, like you're going to, that's like the age old thing. Like every therapist says, what's the number one thing in a relationship, right? Communication, communication, communication. It's, it's not wrong. Like what we really tried to do. And I mentioned it a little bit ago was like creating a safe space for dialogue within our relationship, because that was the huge reason why we went we had our rock bottom moment was like neither of us were feeling heard. Neither of us were feeling seen in the relationship. We were just acting out toxically and that was a huge part that needed to be changed. So it was really nice because the therapist that Frankie was seeing like helped him to realize that and helped him to feel like, no, I need to keep speaking up. I need to keep sharing um, regardless of like the pattern of, not feeling safe to do that, and then for me, of realizing like I wasn't giving him that space, and I also wasn't communicating my needs, which is why I was like yelling and and doing other things and like, you know, like erupting basically at him in so many different ways. So I definitely think that it's important to have that dialogue to communicate what's important with for you before the problems arise, um, but also to have that practice so that when problems do arise, you feel okay like communicating that and I think that for me that was a huge piece was like I didn't grow up in in my like, childhood where communicating normally was a thing like my mom thinks that yelling is normal and it's like a part of life and like by yelling I mean like yelling like two inches from your face so like that's what I grew up thinking was normal so I had to learn like not everybody communicates the same way as me not everybody acts the same way as me like I need to, and like understanding where my triggers and my trauma would come up around that. So like with the communication piece, I for me in the relationship, it was a huge deal because it was like, I'm, we need to prioritize creating a space where we can speak up with each other, where like I could say my feelings and, and in a way that it's not just like dumping them or I- erupting them onto him. Where it was like, hey, I, let's let's set aside a time every week to communicate our feelings, or sitting down and saying like, hey, this is really important to you to me. I can you like make sure to take this seriously, and to allow him to have that same, um, I guess, like privilege in the relationship, right? Like that it's equal for both of us, that we both get to speak our truth. Um, anything you want to add to that?
1: Well, on the other on the other end, it was coming from someone who was didn't really have a safe space to share what needed to be shared or speak to whatever needed to be uh, spoken about. Uh, I don't. I botched that one, but you know what I mean. Uh, and especially too is with my working through like therapy. I uh, I always thought that before we hit that crucial point in our relationship, uh, I guess the point of no I wouldn't say no return, but like this unknown area uh, it was very painful of course I always thought that we had decent communication Mm. and it it was but it was for the mundane it wasn't personal communication Mm. because there was there of course I was like transparent of what I was doing you know who I was hanging out with you know and we had like that security and everything and like again I thought that hey that's great because some people just don't talk to their significant other Mm -hmm. you know when they're not in front of each other so I thought that that was it, but going through therapy and everything, it helped me realize when to be, when that's important, when to when it's when it's important to communicate emotions and feelings, and that was rather difficult for me because again I had never really had an arena for that. But you know, going through this, like you, I now starting to like tip my toe in, it's like like come back out of my shell almost, like hey, this is a safe space, and of course through therapy it helped me realize that. Being transparent is great and all, but it's like, sometimes it's straight up lethal hmm. and it's not the easiest thing to come across. And like, sometimes it's like, yeah, it's like, I need to be transparent with you and how I'm feeling. But on the other end, it's just like the receiving person who's be, it's like spitting venom toward them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely like a trial and error, at least with me until uh, up until this point too. It's like, what do I share? Sometimes it seems like I share the same things over and over again, but it's like, what are the key moments? Where I should be expressing myself, where I should be sharing, Mm -hmm. especially when we talk like during the week because we don't live together yet. But it's like when I, I'm like, oh, like my day was okay. It's like, well, what about your day? It's like I, I did the same thing I did today as I did yesterday. Okay, but what about it? It's like I feel the same, but there's like little crucial moments where I'm learning that there's crucial moments that should be shared. Like Mm -hmm. I meditated today, and this is what I helped realize, or I took time to like walk outside today, and then like I really like. I was really being present, you know, oh, by the way, I've been working on being present. And yeah, it's, that's just the other side of the coin.
0: Yeah, I think it's really um, good that you brought that up, because definitely part of the communicating part for us was sitting with ourselves and understanding where our like, um, I don't want to say like shortcomings as is a bad thing, but like, where our shortcomings were in our communication so that we understood that about ourselves. And then we could bring that to the table. So like how Frankie was saying, like, I'll, I'll be the person asking him what about your day? Tell me more about this. Like, because he communicated with me, like what he said, like he wasn't super good at sharing all these things and these moments that were important, like based off of like the long-term buildup of, of his programming or his trauma. Right. So he shared with me, like, hey, I'm not really good at communicating and sharing, you know, or um, I shut down when you start yelling with me, right? Or yelling at me with me, yelling at me. And so it's like, he communicated that to me in a time that we weren't in an argument. So then I made sure to like, understand and, and keep that in my memory bank. So it's like, I know that he's communicated, I would love your help with this. This is where I'm struggling. Can you help me? And I did the same thing to him. Like, I told him like, okay, well, when, when you don't say anything back, when I'm asking you a question, like that triggers me more, because then I feel like you don't care. And you're not like in the conversation. And so then I keep going and going and going and going and building it up. So I was like, I need you to say something. So it was definitely like a give and take, because he's like, I'm not good at speaking up. And I'm like, I need you to speak up, right? So uh, knowing that, like, you know, like he has, then he can, he has opportunity to communicate, okay, well, I need you to give me a longer period of time before I can respond because my Aries moon is like, I want you to respond right away. Why aren't you sharing your feelings right away? And he's like, I need a minute to digest this and I need some time to form an answer. I'm thinking or I'm being, I'm shutting down based off of my history. Um, So that is a huge part of communicating is like, it's, I feel like it's like a pre-communication thing where it's like, understanding how you naturally are what things you want to work on and communicating even that with your partners so that when you have those conversations and those conflicts or whatever you're you're keeping that in mind and you're encouraging them to to work through it and that's really what part of creating a safe space is all about it's not just like oh this is a safe space here you go you know like we need to give each other the opportunities to feel safe so when Frankie starts to shut down, now I know. And I'm like, hey, are you, are you okay? Are you shutting down? Like, I really want you to speak. I really value your opinion. And like, Frankie's like, why are you getting upset? Why are you yelling at me for no reason? I'm trying to, you know, tell you these things. So like, we're, we're more aware of like, our triggers and our trauma so that we're not taking it so personally in the moment. And we realize like, oh, I understand they've told me they're trying to work on this, that it's not really me. It's just something that happens.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what's what's difficult because again, like, uh, not really having an arena or a safe space—that's where it's it gets it becomes difficult to be vulnerable. And when it comes to me, from when it comes down to my turn to share something mm-hmm. or to be vulnerable, because again, unfortunately, like I'm so used to being bombarded or bulldozed or invalidated whenever I shared or whenever I uh, took a moment of vulnerability. And again, it's like I can be vulnerable with like my friends and everything, but for you, it's like it was. Again, it was extremely difficult because mm-hmm. as soon as I was vulnerable, you'd be like, well, why are you feeling like that? You shouldn't be feeling like this. You should do this. You should do that. It's like not even like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't, like the, it wasn't like the tenderness that my vulnerability needs. Mm-hmm. It was more like, it's like, okay, it's X. Okay, it should be Y. It's it very like cut and dry. And it's like, why am I even sharing this with you if like I'm not? Mm-hmm. But since then, of course, it's like I'm building up that, building up that uh, I guess that understanding of, hey, it's okay. And that's kind of like, I guess, the point I'm trying to make. It's like, like Amanda said, it's just because it's saying a safe space doesn't mean it, mm-hmm. it's a safe space. It's not like a on and off switch. It's like you have to understand, you have to understand, really fill it out if it's truly safe or not. Mm-hmm. And also um, be mindful that of the of the other, because yeah, they understand that they're also working on creating a safe space for you. So if something happens and you don't like it, I wouldn't say the entire onus is on them for not for making a, a dangerous place or an unsafe place because yeah. they're still working on creating that space that you need.
0: Right. It's give and take. It's a relationship. Like, yeah. we're human. We're going to make mistakes. And that's why it's a practice. It's not, oh, it's a safe space forever and ever. It's a practice. Oh, you didn't make me feel safe. I'm, I'm going to bring that up. And through the history of, like, really showing that you're trying and putting in an effort, that's what's going to make the person, like, feel safe over time and of course everybody's a little bit different and I also want to highlight something that you brought up is like understanding like how we are as people like I know we've been talking a lot about like our trauma and our programming but it's like I as a person I'm the kind of person that when you when you bring something to me I'm a problem solver like like Frankie was saying like why would you think this way you should be doing this you should be doing that that's how I like as a person communicate my the way that um I guess that's how I show that I care because like for me and how I think as a person, I don't naturally think like, Oh, let me comfort this person. Let me, let me just like allow them to speak. Like my mind is naturally like, okay, you're bringing a problem to me. Let's fix it. I don't want to see you suffering anymore. I don't want to see you upset X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to just bring in like all the different things that we could do. And not everybody wants that. Right. Like sometimes like Frankie said, he needed tenderness in that moment. So it's like, understanding that part about yourself is really important too because then it's like oh I can communicate this with Frankie now and so he knows what I literally had to sit down and tell him like I do care about you and this is how I show that I care this is my natural instinct right and so now he doesn't take it as personally but also he was able to communicate I really need a tenderness so now I make it a point like this is really what Having like a functioning, like communicative relationship is it's like, it's not the person's not going to be perfect for you and know exactly what you need to do. It's like, I'm communicating that and he's communicating and we're meeting each other halfway and we're really trying. And that's what the the good relationship is, is when you're both trying. So it's like knowing that he needs tenderness when he brings things to me, I will literally have to remind myself in my head before I respond, he needs tenderness and like start first with the tender part. Or, like, the validating part of it. And then even just, like, ask him, do you want even suggestions for ways to fix this? Because maybe he doesn't. He's just venting. And and also, it's, like, when when I do that now, he understands that it's not, like, an attack on him or I'm not caring. He understands, like, that's how I do show that I care. And he, now that we've created this, like, safe space, he feels like he can speak up if, if I if I start... If I start running into that, like, oh, let me solve all your problems. He can say, I don't really want that right now. Like, I, I need this right now. And that's also something that we, like, it's a continuous, like, conversation that we're creating with each other.
1: Yeah, because when I, I'm the kind of person where it's like, if I bring up something, I don't want you to solve it for me. I just, I'm just airing it out because ultimately, like, I'm I got to do things myself. I, but there's a time and place of when I go seeking for help and versus when I'm just mm-hmm. airing it out. And like Amanda said, they're the, let's solve this, let's solve this issue. This is what you should do. Like, okay, and break, it's like uh, in Parks and Rec. Was it Ann Perkins and who is it? Chris Tra- Who's Oh, Chris Traeger? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, he's, Ann was bringing him like complaining about stuff and like venting to him yes. like, yeah. and all that. And then like, he was just trying to fix all her problems. Or like find solutions for her, and then someone had to sit Chris down and say, "Just say that sucks. Yeah, that's all she needs is just say that sucks. Yeah. It's like when I'm exhausted or emotionally exhausted, I explain that to Amanda, and it's like, I just need a hug. I just need, I just need you to listen. Versus like, oh, why are you doing that? Okay, so what you should do here is you should, you should, what you should be doing is going to bed earlier, and then like you, you should <laughs> not, you should not do this. You should meditate more. You should write about it. You should. It's like I don't need any of that. I just need." I just need you to hear me out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of like where people start talking about like love languages, like learning your partner's love languages so that you can do those things for them. And I think that that's kind of like what the that's like a a, I guess like a piece of what we're talking about is like understanding your partner and allowing them to communicate or, or opening that dialogue and asking them to communicate those things to you so that you can meet each other in a way that feels like good, that that you both like and you can both get like value and and positive things out of um and i think that a lot of the stuff that we're talking about too requires you to go inward right like i'm saying you need to know how you communicate you need to know how you like to receive care and attention and love you need to know what feels safe for you and what doesn't feel safe for you and that's why in a lot of my like psychic readings and stuff when people always ask me about love I, I always come back with, you need to work on this or break this cycle or address this trauma or this programming, right? And so with that, it's it's really about like doing the work first of how can I be a better partner? Uh, understanding all those things about you is going to make you a better partner because you'll be able to communicate them and you won't feel, oh, they're attacking me. Oh, they're hurting my feelings. I'm taking it personally. And it's like, I can communicate what I need and what I like and my partner, if they care then they'll do that. They'll put in the effort. And that's really what it is, is is putting in the effort for the other person. Um, and then I just think like the last part I wanted to talk about is like, now that we're in this space, like I started my own business. I'm like now practicing witch. It's like, I find that a lot of people don't support, don't have that support in their partner, which is unfortunate. And I think that we saw Frankie didn't have that support back then and now like we're in this space where like we can both support each other in what we're doing because we've created like I think that in order to have excuse me in order to have that like level of support and understanding all this groundwork that we've just talked about is really what's going to help you to have that a lot easier um and a lot more smoothly when it comes into those spaces because it's like I've invited him into my world. I've I've created opportunities now that we have like a good communication style. When I started getting into the witchy stuff, I was like, hey, I'm doing a full moon um, release. Like, do you want to join me for that? And it's like he had no idea what that was, but I was able to communicate to him. This is important to me and I would love for you to join me on this. Right. And so he now kind of like understands some parts of it. And when he doesn't, he just communicates like, I really don't know what you're saying. Like, can you explain that to me? Like I'm five, you know, like stuff like that. So we have that kind of like open dialogue for like muggle things, I guess, like muggle things in terms of like, like you said, non-emotional things, like the communication of like what we're doing, what we, what career stuff, family stuff, all that stuff. I think that that's really important is to take that kind of same framework that we were just talking about and applying that to like all the other aspects and facets of your life that you share together with your partner. Um, And the last thing too, is not relying on your partner to be everything for you. That was a huge thing that I had to learn. Number one, because I didn't have a lot of friends. I have always had trouble. Like I'm a very like independent, like I used to play by myself in the schoolyard (laughs) type of kid. And um, I really wanted to have friends but I didn't for a long time have like people that I felt that I could and by not having friends I mean like I just didn't feel like close enough to share these things with them and I kind of like relied on Frankie for a lot of the stuff and I think that he kind of did the same thing too which is where it's like the codependency of like I'm not not seeing my friends I'm not meeting my friends I'm only spending all my free time with you I'm I'm for me it was like I'm not voicing my thoughts and feelings to somebody else or talking to somebody who like gets this like you know if he's like I just don't really resonate with this witchy thing that you do like now I have witchy friends that I can talk to about it and get that validation from them like it's super important in a healthy relationship to not put all the pressure on your partner to be everything for you And to be the only person to do all that for you, you definitely need to, I would suggest you have other people that can, okay, like, um, if they're not interested in all of your stuff, cool, I have a friend who's interested in that thing, I'll do that with them. So it's like, you can go off and still have your individual, like, things that you like, or experiences or other experiences with friends and feel safe enough to share them with your partner instead of like, you need to be there with me. Otherwise you don't care. You need to do this with me. Otherwise, like what, what is our relationship if we can't do everything together all the time? And I think that that also is not super healthy. There needs to be that breakaway space or, or things that you do. And, and when you have that communication, it's a lot easier to do like, Hey, this is something I want to do on my own. This is something I want to do with my friends. Like, Oh, I don't get this. I don't really want to do this. Can you do this with somebody else? You know, like go ahead and do it. But like, do it with somebody who's like stoked about it instead of like forcing your partner to, who doesn't care about it to do it.
1: Yeah, and being I would say that's a red flag is when he starts to realize your partner's your everything. I mean, of course there's songs about, you know, like, oh, you're my everything, but not not like that. And t- talking about exactly what Amanda said, like you, you come to that person for with all your issues, you come to that person to do all like small things or even the larger things with, you know, there, there needs to be like some sort of individual, individuality that's I guess that's the proper boundary mm-hmm. of like still maintaining your individuality as a person because again when, when we got to like that I would say that rock bottom it was hard because I have a, fen- a friend group or individuals that I can kind of fall back on and kind of like I know they would listen to me I know they'd help me through I know that uh, they'd be there for me but at the same time it's like I knew that Amanda doesn't really have at that time they didn't really have that so it's like how, it was difficult because it's like how can the everything do their part or do take the time away they need to take but have that conscious of like or have that i guess that that guilt that self-inflicted guilt i mean at least for me saying like you abandon this person and they have no one to go to you know that's that again that's like a case in point it's a red flag
0: yeah definitely like that's codependency vibes right like and i grew up my mom is very codependent like she literally I don't know if it's like anxiety or trauma or something she's not super into opening up about these things but I've seen over time it's like she wouldn't go to the grocery store alone she wouldn't drive in the car alone everything that she does needs to be with somebody else there and that's like very codependent vibes and that's definitely what I was raised with and not one of the things that I perpetuated as strongly because I really hated it I hated having to be forced to go to the grocery store every single time um but um I think that it kind of like shows like if I can't feel secure to do these other things you know without this person like one one of the I guess like one of the feedback loops for me that I saw was like I wanted to talk about my relationship and share it with somebody like a third party, but it's like, I didn't have that person that I felt like I could go to. So it's like, who do you complain about your boyfriend to your boyfriend? Like, that's ridiculous. You know, like you need to have that outlet. Like for Frankie, that was the therapist, right? Like that was an outlet for him. Yeah. I mean, definitely your friends, but I'm saying like in the stuff we've been talking about, like your therapist was the one who was like the sounding board of reason for you. Like that's not healthy. Like, maybe don't do that. Maybe we try something else. Like what, what do you want? You know, it's like having that like third party person to be there and, and do things with you is really, really important. Do you have anything else you want to add? In general? Yeah, just in general. That's, well, that's all I have for today.
1: Well, one thing I wanted to bring up again, kind of coming, coming down to back to communication in terms of what one person needs Again, going through like if you're both taking the time to heal or do your own thing, uh, to kind of set you on the right path, understand that patience is is key. Mm. Cause when we first started going through like their, their healing and everything, almost every weekend it it blow up and Amanda would be like, You're not like what are you doing to heal yourself? Like I'm not seeing that I'm not seeing any improvement. I'm not seeing like any any immediate action happening. And again, it's like that's just not the way how I work. Mm-hmm. Again, like uh, Amanda's the the instant spark where I'm the slow burn, mm-hmm. you know, like I know I'll get there. I know I'm making progress towards something, but I'm not going to have like I'm not going to be like a different person within a week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think like that's something like how we balance each other out and how we kind of like uh, force each other to learn these things and to grow like for me to have more patience and for Frankie to like prioritize these things um i definitely think that was like a huge thing for me in terms of what we were just talking about about like learning how who you are and how you innately are and 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 how you react and how you feel in these situations because i never realized like i want everybody to do everything immediately and i didn't realize like putting that on him was not fair. That's not how he worked. Not everybody's the same way because my mom raised me like that. Hurry up, do it quickly. You're going to mess up. Blah, blah blah. So I had that trauma and that programming of like, it needs to be done right now. If I'm not seeing anything, then what are we even doing? We're wasting our time, you know? And it was like, no, I needed to look at inward and, and, you know, address that. But know that that's also still part of my personality. I'm an Aries moon. I, I want everything immediately. And I'm a manifesting generator. So it's like I... I um my authority is in my sacral so it's like emotions are quick for me so I definitely needed to learn how to meet him where he was and understand like how he worked so I'm not like okay I don't see tangible results that's okay he can still share what happened what was going on that he still knows that he's making progress and like for me having like answers and stuff really quickly and often like he knows that now so it's not like overwhelming for him I hope so (laughs) um to to receive all that information but he knows that's how I will work so I mean like these are all examples like we're using ourselves as examples so that you can kind of like apply that to whoever you're with and however you work um but yeah that was what you wanted to share right just that
1: I know it's not my podcast. I am not trying to spread my agenda or anything, but uh, for those who are, I guess we're are in a similar boat uh, in terms of trying to figure out what's what's coming from you and what's coming from the outside. Uh, it it definitely it it definitely is worth taking a step aside from any outside source to really kind of look in look inward and trying to figure out yourself mm-hmm. and try to under trying to I guess find that find your own voice again. Because like I said, it's like when things got really bad, I had all these voices on the outside, uh, friends, therapists, uh, even coworkers. Uh, that, you know, like ultimately they left me to do like what I needed to do. But they uh, everyone brought their own thing to the table. And again, I'm not discrediting them. A lot of them were on point. A lot of them stung. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were like gunshots. But at the same time, it's like I still took the step aside and really absorbed all that, of course, but really like let my own self figure it out and -hmm. piece it together Mm -hmm. because honestly like if I went with with uh with some of the advice I wouldn't be on this podcast right now
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know and like I I wouldn't uh again things could be so different but again it's like I guess in the nutshell it's do what you got to do do what you have to do
0: yeah and trusting your gut and and your true voice I definitely think that's really important um yeah I, I was gonna say something but I forgot So I think that that's good yeah learn oh I was gonna say that's kind of where like the belief of like oh you need to be by yourself before you can be in a relationship and learn all these it's like sometimes people need that but like for me if I was by myself I would have just been (laughs) perpetuating my trauma I needed Frankie not I guess needed is a bad choice of words but I, I needed somebody to like be there to point that out for me to be like yo you're not being cool right now like To put me in check, right? To put me in my place. So everybody's different, you know? Like, if you feel like you need to be by yourself and do those things, or if you're like, no, I really benefit from somebody being that mirror, that feedback for me, then do that. And like we said, it could be a partner, it could be a therapist, friends, anybody. Like, it can be so many things. Like, you can learn it from watching a show and see, wow, I was just like that. Holy shit, you know? So. Yeah. Thank you for being here today, Frankie. Thank you for generously agreeing <laughs> slash being coerced into this. I'm just joking. Um, It was very valuable and very much needed. Frankie is smiling. No problem. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to email us at witchyandweirdpod at gmail.com. DM us on our Instagram at witchyandweirdpod. Um, we love to know any stories or feedback if you want more of these types of episodes. And if you're wanting to become a patron, um, our link is in the show notes and in our bio and social media and yeah, until next time. Bye. If you love witchy and weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchy and weird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or, if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash wishyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!